I, James, founded and work for HPI, but do not represent them or any of their opinions. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 332 of the Frillo Bros Tech Podcast. Every week, we definitively answer one question about the future of tech. To do that, we take into account many factors, including the companies involved, the people working for them, their marketing, and of course, the technology they're developing. I'm Matthew Dean Furlow, and my co-host and brother is James Furlow. Oh, playing it straight in 21.8. I like it. Um, Yeah, man. So so this is it. Yes. Yeah, so, so the one question we're going to ask is, what's next for James and Matthew? <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty much. Um, yeah. So some of you who, if you're listening for the first time, you happen to also be listening for the last time. Yeah. So, sorry um, about that. Go if it's your first time. Welcome. We got a massive bet, catalog of back uh, videos. It's about three hundred and thirty. One other episodes. Yeah, some Plus of them a couple are special good. ones in there. Some mm. of them, most of them are good. Most of them are good. Um, two weeks ago was good. That's true. <laughs> There's something implied there. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're gonna talk about that, aren't we? Right. Uh, you know what? I don't. It wasn't last week was so bad that it made us decide to quit. <laughs> The fact that it wasn't great <laughs> didn't help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I guess we're just kind of we'll just jump right into it here yeah, because um, it. we actually do want to talk about tech because you know how in the in the movie Rocky, Rocky's an amazing movie, yes. and um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, go watch it again. Um, yeah. He, I, I don't want to give any spoilers because it's great. You've already seen it. We know you have. Um, the the movie ends at a super high, like at the highest point possible, at this amazing climactic moment. And then it's just fade the black or fade the American flag, if I remember correctly, or something like that. And um and, and that's how I feel like we're gonna go out. Cause this was an awesome week to be covering tech. Yes. <laughs> a ton of stuff happened. And so it's like, yes, we're gonna talk about it all. And um it's gonna be great gonna feel a but, bit like the old format <laughs> a little go. bit a little bit we're like who cares you know we're gonna get rid of the, the yeah. clock on this one um i am running it but um <laughs> 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 it was a good habit to bring to the to the table um so yeah let's talk a little bit about uh what we're doing and and we actually we mentioned it i think it actually was a couple weeks back now maybe three weeks i'm i'm you know time is blurring on me here but uh, the episode been... that you listed that was good happened to be the was that the one? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Foreshadowing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we've been working on our own technology company now for I'm losing track of time. I feel like we've been saying six months for a while now, but it was closer to like nine months at this point. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I think it's time that we've we stop talking about tech. And, and we get in the game ourselves. And, and the way I like to think about it is we're launching a new business that we hope other tech podcasts will want to cover and talk about. In the same way that we cover and talk about tech companies, we want to be one of them now. And, um, and one of the things that's become very obvious over these last, I would say like three months, really. Um, it's funny, like, so we record these podcasts Sunday night. And... Um, we usually it's like half hour of recording there's probably 10 15 minutes of like pre-game talk and stuff like that uh but we're actually on the phone for a couple hours and the rest of the time 
we're talking about our startup. Yeah. We're talking about Major Domo. And we talk uh, at least twice a week about Major Domo and sometimes even more than that. And it's funny, our, um, our midweek conversations used to be talking about, oh my gosh, this crazy tech thing happened. Let's pretend to talk about it without actually talking about it because we want to talk about it on the podcast. Now what we do is we talk about Major Domo. And yeah. so it's one of those where um, we, we've launched a thing. It's, in case you haven't figured it out yet, majordomo.com. <laughs> Yeah, is um, where you'll find it. And um, it's still very much in beta. So we're actually super open to feedback. And so if you want to go try it, uh, let us know, um, you know, how we can make it better. We're, we're actually interested in, in getting that feedback. There's certain things on there that we know are broken. And that's part of our test on how we like, did you actually try it? Because you would notice this didn't work if, um, if you really went through and tried it. Um, yeah, so hey, um, man. nobody told Snapchat what they were doing wrong. They still went, they were super successful with a completely buggy broken app for years. So, you know, maybe people won't notice. It'll be fine. <laughs> that was just maybe. a jab at, Snap, at Snapchat. I'm going to run out of opportunities to do that pretty soon here. So I'm going to take that's true. Every that's, opportunity I get. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point there. Yeah. So, so in the process of that, we've, we've kind of been talking and just saying like, so this major drama thing seems to be working, seems to be moving in the right direction, doing what we would like it to be doing. And it makes sense to focus. One of the, one of the things I have on my wall right here is it says, what's the one thing I can do such that, by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. And more and more working on major demo is that one thing. And, um, and something I've been trying to focus on is like, okay, how do I reduce the number of spinning plates in my life? And, um, and this is one of those spinning plates where we go, man, we love doing it. We love talking you and I will keep talking about tech as it happens. I'm sure we just won't be recording it uh, going forward <laughs> essentially. And, um, so we still love it and who knows, uh, we're obviously, we're not going to take the site down. It's still going to be here. That could come a point in time where it makes sense to resurrect this, but, um, this is it nine years in 332 episodes deep. Kind of cool. Yeah, man. There was a cool, um, I'm going to share this tweet of a video of Steve jobs that I saw this week. And obviously my, my, um, my radar was kind of up a little bit on this as we knew we were getting ready for the show. And, and I think it's appropriate for us to, to talk about him since he's probably one of our favorite guys to talk about on the show. Uh, he's In like, a way, a... the show is because of him. I mean, that's true. We, oh, we, yeah. we, we got deep into this because of that original iPhone reveal, which, you know, that's true. That's true. It's probably not unfair to, yeah, anyways, continue. He, uh, he's like talking, I think the new hires, I think. And, and then he's like, okay, how many of you were actually in manufacturing? He hasn't raised their hand. And then he goes, how many of you were consultants? And they raise their hand and he goes, oh, sorry. But he's like, hey, but welcome to the light side. He's like, there's value in having some skin in the game in doing this yourself, not just being a person who analyzes and, and looks at other companies, but actually having one yourself and, and caring about the outcome. So I was like, ah, oh, yes, that's, that's what we're doing. And I thought it was appropriate. So we'll, we'll share that tweet with the video. It's a good one because you know how he is. He's, he's good at that stuff. Um, he's obviously not the very first one to ever say that either, but he just says it very eloquently, which mm -hmm. I like. And if we're going to give credit to somebody for the idea, we'll give it to him because that also seems appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, a, a fingerprint scanner. Apple invented that. Uh, did they? Well, they did it right. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not super unfair to say that. <laughs> I know. That's what's awesome about that comment. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So, so yeah. So, so Major Domo, by the way, in case you, um, in case you didn't know, just kind of wanted to talk about it because because uh, we love it and you should check it out. It's the reason why we got involved in doing it and are, are starting this and founding it and, and doing it is because homes are important. I mean, tech is super important and, and smart tech is like crazy important to my personal life, but it's only possible for like smart home stuff because of the home itself. Homes are often the most important, the, the, the largest asset that somebody owns and taking care of it is, is an important thing to be a good steward of your home. And so one of the things that we want to do is help people take better care of their homes. Now we're not going to come in and do the work for you. We played around with that idea and it's not scalable, but, um, we, um, <laughs> but, but we want to empower others to make those decisions to say, if they want to do it themselves, awesome. Do it yourself. If you want to hire someone cool, we'll help you do that too. But right now, what the tool does is it helps you evaluate the condition of a property. And that's if you're deciding to buy it, to decide how it compares one to another, if it's something that you feel comfortable taking on. If you already own a home and you've lived there a while and are kind of like, okay, what do I do next? Or what should I really pay attention to? It helps you do that. So it's at this point in time, it's really, it's a self-help tool for you to help manage your property to to evaluate its condition. And specifically, we have something that's called a Domo score. That's very much like a credit score for your home where uh, it, we boil it all down to a single number. It's kind of fun. I've had some people asking me like, how'd you guys come up with your scale and why that? And like, we have a very good answer. Your home's big. It's complicated. There's a lot of moving points, parts. And so it deserves a lot of points. It's out of 10,000. And, and that's why. And, um, and, we, and we break it all down for you. And so uh, it's a very cool tool. Like I said earlier, it's in, it's in beta, so it's still rough. I, Go ahead. I will mention this. That 10,000 is not a like, it, it's not like a, uh, an asteroids 10,000 where all they do is the lowest score you can get on anything is 100. But they just, you know, so they just took one point multiplied by 100. It's actually having, having coded the algorithm myself. There's enough granularity there. <laughs> like, yeah, how many numbers actually gives you gives you yeah it's 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 it's, it's not completely fake. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, we almost patented it and decided we didn't want to tell the rest of the world how we're doing it, and <laughs> so um, that we ran out of money. So we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> You're laughing about right. that? It's true. <laughs> and um, and so uh, so yeah, so it's a cool tool. We have a lot of hopes and dreams for it. I actually. I have some some papers right here for some mockups for a new component we're going to be adding to the site, and so we're working through that right now. Um, we're working trigger figuring out how to scale how much, things. How much does it cost, James? It's for Rizzle. It's free to what? use. I know we're taking the the Google, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, the the classic style where uh, eventually the way that we will make oh. money <laughs> is. If you decide, and that's this page actually, this is the money making page right here that um, that we're that I'm looking at. That's got the mockup on it. It's uh, if you decide to do it yourself, we're going to recommend tools and materials that you can use that link to Amazon. And if you click on said link, we get an affiliate referral for it. And then the other, and this is probably that's probably going to just be like one small way. 
But the big way is actually we're going to partner with different professionals around the area and say, you don't want to do it yourself. Here's someone we recommend. Here's a local recommendation for someone who can help you do it. And, and, um, and so we will offer membership to those professionals to be part of the platform. And um, in addition to that, they'll be able to, to add to, um, to contribute to your Domo score. So if they do some work, they can, um, they can add it to it if they, uh, and it'll add to their profile. So one of the things that we've learned is that they don't like to advertise, but they do like to be members of something. And so that's what we're creating. And we're going to create a, in essence, a profile page that actually shows off the work that they've done. Cause that's the big question, right? Like what kind of work have you done? Uh, I, I see that you have a nice fancy truck. I see you got a nice website, but like, what's the actual quality of the work? And, and, and a lot of people, they don't, they could in theory just upload the photos onto Facebook, but people don't go to Facebook looking for professional recommendations. They do <laughs> look on places like Yelp, but those have ratings. They don't tend to have the pictures of the work that they've done and, and the right. contractor themselves have very little control over what's shown or not. And so we're going to, we're going to fit this middle space that's actually kind of needed. And so, um, so that's what we're, that's what we're working towards. That's not there yet because we're still just a beta. Uh, like I said, I've, I got a, I have a mock-up of a design page that we're going to, that we're going to use to bring that into life. We, um, <laughs> we have a, we have a roadmap and, and we think this is something that, the, that the world needs. And, and I know for me personally, having owned a bunch of rentals, it's hard to stay on top of all the maintenance. And this is a tool that would help me and we think it'll help other homeowners. And so, uh, we think it's super cool and, and that's what we're going to focus on. Yeah. Check it out. It's neat. I think, I think they got a chance of going all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? You've been You've been working on it for a while yourself. I know. Well, one of the things that I recently, I'm going to go, I'm going to get a little, go a little tech podcast on this. And my, yes. my, I'm going to go my normal route on this. I think one of my favorite parts is that I've realized in the last couple of weeks that we've, we've built a pretty sophisticated platform. Um, the goal of it being highly scalable, stable, um, usable across a lot of different different platforms and everything. And like, we've, we've really been trying our hardest to do that. And somehow we've managed with a P managed to land on a PHP driven site that's HTML and MySQL database. <laughs> so what, is, what is this? The nineties? <laughs> um, but it's what actually is this, the nineties, but it's yeah, actually, exactly. it's, 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 it's funny. Cause it's like, um, what you realize is that, you know, we talk what I think one of the most interesting things to me is, as you go into this, you know, I, when you're reading about news and you're reading about new companies and stuff, one of the things that new, new products and new, new platforms, one of the things you realize is that, man, those are exciting. They're cool. But the old stuff is the old stuff for a reason. Not necessarily because it was built first, but because it lasted the longest. And things like, you know, and then we've gone, we're not using vanilla PHP, we're using a, the Larvel framework, which makes all sorts of sophisticated routers and, and, and the ability to render all sorts of really cool things that you can't, well, you can do with vanilla PHP, but would be really, really hard. Allows um, you to do it in a couple of lines of code instead right. of hundreds of lines of codes. Yeah, someone so, else already wrote the hundreds of lines. <laughs> right. And yet it, it has this, this, the fundamentals of PHP are there. So you can, so it's something that a lot of people have the skills to have access to. So it makes sense for that point, you know, uh, MySQL, like, yeah, it'd be fun to use one of your more modern 
databases, but MySQL is ridiculously well supported. There's just a ton of information online. There's lots of people who know it and understand it. Um, and there's just all sorts of advantages there that you sort of you evaluate the other up and comers in the, the market and you think, wow, that's, I guess we'll just go with the tried and true method, right? I mean, the craziest thing that we're doing is that the, we, we've built all the data is it, for the website is handled using an, an API, um, APIs and, um, but that's an, that's, and that's node driven, um, uh, Node.js, which is pretty new as far as frameworks go, but again, it's JavaScript. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's web technologies all the way down, man. Um, it's, it's just, it's a traditional lamp stack. It's amazing. I, I like, I can't, and, but and, it is done in such a way that when we're ready to roll out apps for the different devices, we can do that yeah. pretty easily too. Cause we've done a really good job of separating the display layer from the information layer. The, the, and so, M, the, uh, yeah, the MCV, uh, model, the model view controller. Um, and that's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's neat seeing it from that, that perspective. And then it makes you really respect platforms that do break out and, and kind of get over, you know, it makes you take a look at Swift for Apple Swift and think, holy cow, no wonder Google struggles so much to, despite the fact that they've tried and succeeded in building really cool languages that are probably better than Java, they can't get beyond Java. The fact that Apple has, has gotten, that Swift is now officially in like your top 10 GitHub slash Stack Overflow languages is astounding, really. Um, and, and that they've made that sort of move and move in that sort of, you know, at that pace while supporting a full other complementary language, you know, it's, it's, um, that's hard. And it's, it's been an interesting insight into this world and, and it's fun to learn new languages, but it does, you know, impact, it does make me really understand the importance of learning the, the old stable ones, you know, and mm. um, just from a technology perspective, it's, a, it's an interesting, it's been a very interesting experience having, you know, learning about that and, you know, makes for boring news, but it's, but sometimes boring is better, man. You want like, you want it to just work and, this is, this is how you make it just work. And so, and, and here lies the fundamental difference between the two of us. I focused on the customers. You focused on the technology and engineering behind it. I know. I don't usually, <laughs> say, I, you this know, is I'm awesome. Gonna, this is why the say. podcast worked. <laughs> I know. I know. That's, well, it's funny because it's uh, yeah, so exactly. True. So uh, that's yeah, awesome. Cool. That's awesome. I'm excited. That's cool. So yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting chapter. So if you want to keep following us, that's where to do it. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to keep plugging away there. Definitely. But that wasn't the only thing that happened this week no. <laughs> was us, no, was us not. deciding to, to work on major domo full time. Well, so we, mostly part time since we still have jobs. Okay, well, <laughs> don't tell my boss. Um, we, uh, it was one of the things that's interesting to me was that we made the decision actually at the end of the recording last week, Sunday night, and then this week happened. And I was like, well, did we make a mistake, man? <laughs> 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 Wait a second. <laughs> um, 
But again, yeah. it's like we're going to go out on top. So, so we want to talk about some other companies as well and, and what it is that they're doing. And um, I, say, I say we hold off on Facebook for a hot second. And uh, yeah, let's do our the classic. We'll, we'll warm you up on something else. So, um, so Kalanick yeah. is back. We're just we're going to hit some of the goodies yeah. here. Who's, who's Kalanick? Travis Kalanick. Uh, Travis, yeah. ex Uber CEO, who's a troublemaker. Guess what? Guess what he's getting into? He's getting into real estate. Getting into real estate. That's right. Specifically, City Storage Systems is the name of the company. They, what do they do? They buy floundering real estate assets like parking lots and strip malls and stuff and turn them into spaces for the digital area like e-commerce companies. He's, he invested in a, in a real estate investment company that... May, I don't know if they flip them or not, but they they buy a distressed property, fix it up, and then either sell or rent it out. Like that's classic real estate investing. That's what I do, and um, yeah, it's my other side business. And uh, so I'm like, oh, cool. He's doing his <laughs> investment fund called uh, Ten One Hundred because because, and and so he's uh, he puts some money in there and. It's interesting. I guess another big focus for city storage is food delivery, which guess what company they use to deliver food? They use Uber Eats. So how about that? So he's... he's the good news is it'll be hard for any of his buildings to accidentally kill jaywalkers. So... That's true. We got that that's as true. going for us. Man, that was, that was bad. We didn't, I would say, we didn't even bring an article in this week. That's how busy of a week this was. Uber killed a dude with their self-driving car or a woman and we didn't even get an article about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, they did do that, which I think, I think self-driving cars are going to be fine. I think yeah. everybody knows that that's just, that was bound to happen. And it's like, well, I, it's, it's one of 30 that happened that day. Well, and it's, and the thing is, is that it's, it, the reason why I don't think it rises to, the top is because, you know, self-driving cars have killed people in in times when they shouldn't have. But it was the driver that died, right? In the in the in in the uh, Tesla, which wasn't a fully autonomous vehicle. And this is one of those situations where the the ruling seems to be that a human driver would have hit this person as well. Um, that there's nothing that the car could have done that to have prevented what happened. And so as a consequence, we still haven't had that first, that first like a car killed somebody when a human driver paying attention wouldn't have. Um, and, right. and, and, you know, but I think even when you get that one, cause that eventually is gonna happen. Um, even when you get that one, I still don't think it's gonna be a major, <laughs> oh my gosh, I was about to call it a road bump. But uh, <laughs> well, I, I mean, and still the cool thing about driverless cars is when that happens, they'll solve it, push out an right. update and it won't happen again mm -hmm. across the entire fleet. I mean, that's the part that's crazy to me is like, in theory, you could have a bad car. It could run into problem after problem after problem. And you just slowly but surely fix all those problems. So in theory, each type of accident will only happen once. Right. Yeah, Which is like, that's, that's the crazy thought to me is like, even if it's, even if today it was only 50% as good, 
as long as they kept making incremental improvements, eventually we're going to solve them all. And there will probably always be new situations and they go, okay, we'll just solve that one next. So this is us not talking about it, but one of the things, <laughs> the, other, the other thing that I, that I noticed. It's more that, interesting than his investment company. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other thing that I, that has been really bothering me because I've heard of, it's been quite the fodder for talk radio talking about self-driving cars and stuff. And the concerns about it and, and advocates who advocate for slowing down with self-driving cars. Um, they're, you know, this has been a great opportunity for them to get out and, and yell about safety concerns and everything, which is legitimate, man. Let's make sure they're safe. I get that. Um, but the thing that really bothers me is, and this has always bothered me about people complaining about the trolley problem, which is there's a trolley going down the railroad. There's a Y in the road. If it stays on the course that it's going, it's going to hit five people and kill them all. If it switches, it's going to hit one person. You're at the switch. What do you decide to do? You have to choose the lesser of two evils. And that is such a false choice because humans are so bad at making those decisions in the moment, but we're really, really good at misremembering it. Like our abilities, like eyewitness testimony is notoriously the most unreliable testimony that you can get in court because people just remember things incorrectly. There'll be incontrovertible evidence to the contrary. People are convinced they're not lying, but they just didn't remember it correctly. And we are under the impression that we would make this choice, that if you're going down the road and you see a little kid and a little dog that, you know, and you have to decide which one to hit, which in and of itself, generally speaking, is a false choice, um, but that you would have the time and the whereabouts to make the decision to hit the dog instead of the kid, which I think all of us would agree, yeah, you should probably do that. But it's a false choice. N nobody has the whereabouts. You react and then you remember, you build a framework of what you think you did. Um, it's just really, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because it's like humans shouldn't drive. We're, if, if you were to start from scratch, like if we were to have cars today, the idea of putting people in charge of cars would be horrifying. Like, that is so insanely dangerous. Are you crazy? You're like, no, but we'll let people, we'll make people practice for an entire year before we let them get on the road. And then they'll have decades of practice to go along with it. Like, yeah, but people are really bad at that sort of thing. <laughs> Why don't we put a computer in charge of it? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, it's craziness to me. But... <laughs> Kalanick is back. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. And he's probably happy he doesn't have his old job at the moment. Uh, right, yeah. Having to deal with that. That's probably no fun at all. You see, it went a lot easier for Uber because Kalanick was out. I guarantee you that. Oh, that's true. That's, people, oh my gosh. People focused on the accident, not the culture of Uber. Because Right, right. That's a great point. That's a great point. Which is, that's, that's probably... That's good news for them mm -hmm. if they if they're honest with themselves. It's like, yeah, it wasn't about how our culture messed us up because we're being too aggressive and not thinking about safety Which, and other people. For the record, that is the reason, and internal documents show that that's probably the reason. But besides, <laughs> yeah, but you see, but now they like they just they they did the right thing, which was said, you know what. We are sorry. It's our fault. We're stopping everything until we figure right, this yeah. out. That's, yeah. And Unlike probably, another company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what company would you be talking about, James? Uh, I don't know. But before we talk about that other company, 
Should we do our final brought to you by ad? Yeah, man. So I was thinking that uh, we, we've got two sponsors, so I'm going to surprise James with one of them. Ooh. But the, uh, the first sponsor is that this is brought to you by Majordomo.com. Um, it's a really great website for helping you evaluate the condition of your house. Ah, sounds um, interesting. I say 22 simple questions will get you, get you through the front door, as it were, and uh, then you can start learning more about how to improve your house and where it uh, most needs improvements and stuff. Oh, that sounds really great. Where do you go to, to do that? Majordomo.com. Any oh. web browser will, will work for you. Um, even IE5. I don't know if that's true. Don't that's probably not true. <laughs> yeah. well, I um, It's funny. We've in, in the lead up to us launching it, it suddenly became very clear that n- absolutely nobody on our development team owns an Android phone. And so yeah, I, right. I, I had to go around to a couple of friends and be like, can, can you just load this website for me? And so I can look around at it and, and see if it works. Thankfully it's Chrome and I think we all use Chrome. So it's pretty, that's true. I guess that's true. But it's enough. on a small screen. No, so it's I, it was worth taking I, the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't find anything um, that, that totally, actually the one that I found was on our mom's computer. She had Firefox running on something and it just, one of the charts didn't render correctly. I was like, yeah. oh, that's, that's really weird. Yeah, Firefox. Um, that was my Firefox. Come on. Um, now, I think I'm going to, before we get to our next big release, I'm going to go buy an Android phone at like Walmart or something. Or, I'm or totally honest something. with you, James. You probably want I kind of want one. Well. I'm like, I talk? want like a real one. I don't know. Let's, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the fun part about owning a company. You get to have those conversations. Exactly. This is an investment, guys. Uh, really, so, it is. <laughs> right? So the second uh, sponsor, ah, is, yes, is this this episode, and uh, yeah, a lot of our episodes have been brought to you by our Patreon supporters, and we've had a couple yes. of them, and we've been really, really grateful for honestly everybody who's supported this show throughout the years. Um, yeah, all of our listeners, everybody who's commented on Facebook, and commented in real life and asked questions and, and yeah, just been interested. And, and our, like I said, our Patreon supporters who have actually chipped in and, and supported us financially. Like we really appreciate everything that everybody's done. And um, yeah, hopefully we didn't disappoint you too much. Um. <laughs> and, um, and just so, so those guys know, I was able to figure out how to set it up so you won't be charged going forward into the future. So I had to set it up where it was a monthly draw and now it's a, every time we do a post, it would take money and we just won't do a post. So problem solved. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All of a sudden I'm getting, getting a little low on cash. Like what the heck? Six posts in a day. What is this? (laughs) Hey, we decided to get back into it. It's amazing. Doing Um, micro podcasts. You just can't find them yet. Yeah. So I have a so I have a question, James. Did we hashtag delete Facebook of our Facebook page? Oh, um, no, we didn't. Should we? And Should we? Nah, it's whatever. I I think um, I think we should keep it since it will yeah, post definitely. our last show. <laughs> yeah. I uh, Do you still use Facebook? That's a better question. Yeah, definitely. How often do you visit and use it? Um, I, for for organize, organizing parties and messenger, Facebook properties I use a couple of times a week. I'd, I'd say on A couple average, times a week. I'd say not an hour, average, not a day. 
Definitely not. I would say on average, it's more than once a day. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Scrolling through, but you know, it might not be, it might be like eight to 10 tops. Um, what, you know, per, per week? Yeah. Day? Okay. Per week. Um, I would, you know, it's like we, so we're organizing, I had a birthday party I went to yesterday and it was hosted on Facebook, um, all the details. I am having a bachelor party later this year where I'm inviting friends to Facebook. So for those sorts of things, I do use it. Um, I probably scroll through my news feed once in a while, maybe once every couple of weeks before I realize, oh, it's all garbage. <laughs> like they're, they're, and the thing that bothers me too is I'm pretty sure that my friends are more creative and interesting than Facebook leads me to believe. It's just that you know, whatever, for whatever you know, reason. I don't know. Like I like to think that I'm creative and interesting, but I don't post updates anymore. Yeah. And I, cause I don't think about it. And yeah. it's interesting when I, when I, for whatever reason, I, sometimes I have to open it like for reasons that you stated. And the very first thing on the timeline is an old post of mine, which I'm like, okay, thanks for showing me an old post of mine. Yeah. And then right under that's an ad like, okay. And then, so I have to actually, I can't just do a single scroll. It's a couple scrolls to get to a new update something that I haven't seen before. So I'm just like, huh. So like it just, that thing right there just kind of ruined it for me. Eh, whatever. And so it's super easy for me to then tap on where it was I actually wanted to go and not get sucked in. Yep. And then the other thing that, the other thing that happens is that a lot of what gets posted is just like, well, A, either I've already seen it on Reddit, which I realize is just the, <laughs> such a stupid thing to say, but it's true. Or B, it's just not very good or interesting. And, and I, yeah, that's my problem with Facebook. Um, that's not everybody's problem with Facebook this week, though. <laughs> no. So, okay. I'll, I'll, want me to set this up? Me, set it up. Dilemma. So, a couple of years ago, um, Facebook decided that they wanted to create what was called a passport. And at the time, a couple of companies all kind of realized the value of this. And it was the idea that there would be, that login wouldn't be handled by a website. It would be handled by Google or Facebook or whoever, or Twitter. They would handle yeah. all the login credentials and user information. And then the website would rely on that information for, for all of that login stuff. And what the website would, re, would get out of it is a very secure, safe login and a lot of user information what Facebook would get out and of it. And reduce friction for signing up. Ex yes. Because the idea would be, oh, I don't have to come up with a new username or password. I can just use something I already have. Or if you were, or something's like, if you were already logged in, it was like click a button and, and it'll just do it. Right. It was a good idea and everybody was really excited about it. We used to talk about it in the, the passport and they called it, the, it, was, it was called the passport and there was this idea of it would be, Facebook wanted to be, your home and address. they didn't invent the idea right i mean correct like, no could have been around a while probably but yahoo they, was the first one to come up with that idea but they really wanted to to push this they wanted to be your home address for the internet you signed up you you, you signed up for facebook like you were signing up for aol back in the day yeah. and that's yeah. where you would start and um but and then facebook in reciprocation would get all of your user data for other websites they would be able to track yeah. your movement across the internet that was the deal that was going to go with but this was the thing Google had a wanted to do that as well, and at the very same moment, they went into a big push. So there was this competition: who were websites going to support? The answer was support both. Yeah. But one of the ways that Facebook sweetened the deal to try to get companies more inclined to use Facebook 
was they said, we will give you extra access to the friend graph. If somebody oh, uses your service and, give you, and gives you access to their user profile, you'll be able to search on other, their friends, you'll be able to go one friend deep and get information about their friends. And so you can get like emails and things like that that would allow you to- Dude, go viral. To go viral. So that was the idea. That was what Facebook, that's how Facebook like really sweetened the deal for companies. Well, a lot of companies- Makes put, sense. Yeah, a lot of companies looked at this and said, hey, that's really great. You're just giving up all this information. If somebody has 500 friends, I need to convince one person and then I get access to all 500 of their friends and orders of magnitude more people that I get connection to. So what this one company did was they came up with a clever idea. They created a psychological test and they told people, hey, please use this, do the, fulfill this psychological test. You'll be helping us do whatever study. And then if you do this, you know, and sign up through Facebook, then people just signed up for it, took it, about a quarter million people, and then 50 million people's worth of one friend deep were granted access to this company called Cambridge Analytica. Boom. Tons of company were, companies were doing this. And what they did is they took that data and they saved it to their own database. Now they weren't supposed to do that. Nobody was supposed to do that. This is Facebook's proprietary information. Facebook, Facebook's entire value rests on the fact that they have proprietary information about billions of people. Yeah. Like that's their value proposition. But they were willing to basically allow people to cheat on the premise that it would really, it would, you know, it would help Facebook in the long run, because if somebody cheated a little bit, at least Facebook would get information about what that user was doing on that other website. And so it was this, it was this reciprocation thing that was technically illegal, but or against the terms of service, but Cambridge Analytica did it anyways, and kind of everybody did it anyways. So Cambridge Analytica ends up with 50 million people's worth of personal information that they were able to use to do all sorts of data analysis. The very sort of data Brilliant. analysis that Facebook wants to be able to sell to people. Facebook's not particularly happy about what Cambridge Analytica was doing because that's their value. They don't want you to buy Facebook user data. They want you to buy Facebook user analysis. User insights, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like I said, Facebook, they, they knew that there was there, if they could get the, the whole passport thing going and accepted and supported everywhere, that it would benefit them in the long run. So they were willing to give up a little bit of your user security for that. So anyways, yeah. turns out Trump got elected. <laughs> Trump used Cambridge Analytica. And this has been known. Like we've like, this is not, this has been an open secret for years. It's not even an open secret. This has just been openly known that it was going on which is why Facebook changed their terms of service years ago so that you couldn't just access all of this information about friends one user deep. You could only get access to certain types of information. It was a lot more protected. Like Facebook has made the changes necessary because they knew companies were doing this and it was bad for their business long term. Um, <laughs> I like so, that that's the rationale too. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's just, it's great. Well, anyway, so Trump got elected and now people are upset. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah. And Cambridge Analytica is at the, the forefront of this. So that sort of brings us to this week because it, the news was breaking. Um, and 
Yeah. And then hashtag delete Facebook. Hashtag delete Facebook started a trend. Which which no one's gonna do, but yeah, sounds good. Not nobody, James. Somebody. And that somebody was Elon Musk, my hero. Oh yeah. Turned out somebody on Twitter told him, Hey, uh, you have a you like the the Tesla and SpaceX. Well, he was bashing Facebook. Right. On Twitter. Like these guys messed up royally. Like, don't trust them. And that was when someone decided to point out to him, like, dude, you have a Facebook page. Yeah, and you responded back by saying, I did not know that. I was completely unaware of it. I'll take care of it right now. And like 20 minutes later, both the SpaceX and Tesla Facebook pages, which had millions of active users, they were active forums, gone. <laughs> so our, uh, our, our co-founder... He he wants to get a Tesla so bad he can't stand it, and he's on the the wait list for the for the Model Three. Yeah, and and he follows a lot of what Tesla does on their Facebook page. So he was kind of like, A, that's awesome, but B, oh, that was my news source. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it was. It's funny. I like, mean, you'll figure it out. Elon Musk is is has it was that one conference I can't remember which one it was with Walt Mossberg, and he was asking the about D. Yeah, I think it was all things D. And uh, but, but Walt Mossberg was asking him about AI and why he was so concerned about it. And, yeah. And Alon was talking about the fact that, you know, it's what really concerns him isn't necessarily AI on its own, but it's AI can, in the hands of a small elite group of people, in, in particular people scare him. And those particular people run some of the biggest tech companies on earth. And he didn't go further than that, but it was heavily implied that it was Larry Page and Mark Zuckerberg. And yeah. I think we can confirm one of the two <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, uh, he's not a fan of Mark's. And, um, which, you know, I, I, I tend to disagree with, but I, I know that a lot of people think I'm crazy for not not being afraid of mark i part of it is we pay i think i was afraid of him until like maybe six years ago and he turned a maturity corner and clearly he's not there yet but i think at some point in time he realized like oh this is actually a real company and there's people who depend on me and jobs that matter and i'm gonna try my best now and i'm gonna try not to be evil he still gets tempted but (laughs) i think this was one of them yeah but i think he's like yeah, okay, I got to do this right. And he gets it. Whether or not he can execute on it is one thing, but I think he understands what the goal is, what the bar is. Whereas I don't yeah. think he did seven years ago. Yeah, and, I, and, and a lot of people throw out the fact that when he was in college and he first started Facebook and that, that, that instant message thread where he made the comment of, hey, if you ever want anybody's email or anything, let me know. Um, and, and the person asked, you know, how'd you get this? And he said, people are just giving it to me. These idiots trust me. Um, edited for, uh, <laughs> for yeah. language. Um, and, and a lot of people throw that stuff out there. And I'm like, dude, I said some pretty messed up stuff about people in college. Like, real yeah. bad stuff. If you were to, like, get a log of some of the stuff I said during college, just stupid stuff like and probably stuff that i kind of believed at least on some level not just trying to be funny like people are idiots in college do they grow up 
then maybe that's what yeah. you judge them on. You know, if, if Mark was still a college student in charge of Facebook, yeah, that'd be a concern. But just because he said it back then, I don't think necessarily means it's what he believes now. Um, but it's, it's good fodder. For yes, it does, okay? I know. I know. This is just classic Facebook apology. This is why you should delete your Facebook account so people can't go back and read that stuff. <laughs> I know. That, that, uh, so, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So the thing with me is I, I, I'm obviously coming at this from the, from the position of the only reason people care is because Trump got elected president. Which, hey, that's why I, I, I don't, people, people knew about this before. They should have cared a lot earlier. Yeah. It's they, more like, welcome to the party. Exactly. I didn't care back then because I understood right. what was going on. So it's hard for me to start. If this is one of the reasons why I get a lot of spam email, then I care. But otherwise, yeah, I don't. Right. Really but it's, yeah, I mean, like I didn't, just because of this particular consequence I don't care more because of this particular consequence of what Facebook did than any of the other consequences. I was already at peace with it on, on some level, so I'm still not bothered by it. Um, and I'm glad, I think you're in the majority. Yeah, exa- well, yeah, I think most people are don't care that much. Um, or they're glad. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, because remember, I realized he only got like 45% of the votes, but like 45% of voting Americans did vote for him. <laughs> um, and they, there's lots of people who are probably not super disappointed that this was the outcome. But one of the things that I appreciate just from Facebook's perspective is the full apology tour. It's meaningless. I don't actually. think Mark actually believes it, but I think the fact that that was the pers- that the perspective from within the company was that that was their best marketing move. That was the best move to recovering their brand. I think it was smart. Yeah, but it was their I, last move. I they should have started with that. Oh yeah, they they it took them way too long to figure that out. But. Well, and he was is his first statement. There was no apology whatsoever. Yeah, and and it, it was both him and uh, Cheryl Sandberg. Yeah, neither one of them. Heck, in their in their company meeting where they came out and said, "So this is happening." Neither one of them actually showed up to that meeting. It was just their lawyer. Well, the so the 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 rumor mill was that the two of them were going locked in battle because one of them and the there's been no word on which was which. One of them wanted the full apology, just complete repentance, ask for forgiveness. The other wanted to stand their ground and said we do say we did nothing wrong and guess don't apologize well yeah everybody's got to guess um (laughs) (laughs) um and and nobody will nobody will say which one was which and but in the end the full apology just uncompromising cheryl won won. well they tried it his way and it didn't work yeah exactly but i mean no one really knows whose way it was i mean yeah, yeah exactly you can see the engineer thought process going through, which is what I just said, where Mark's like, we changed the policy years ago because we knew that this was going to be a problem. Why is it a problem now? <laughs> Why is it our fault? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they broke the t- terms of service. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. But that being said, I thought Scott Galloway actually changed my perspective on a little bit. Um, he, uh, his perspective 
was by the way if you're looking for a real quick tech fix on what's going on yeah. uh replace us with him he's yeah. on youtube and he's on a podcast but it's worth it yeah yeah i don't agree with him 100 percent of the time but i find it very hard to ever think it's uninteresting um yeah yeah that's yeah true. and he <laughs> but he so one of his he, he comes up with a couple he kind of out it's worth watching the youtube video i don't know if I, how much i need to recap what he said but he kind of gets into what he thinks Facebook should have done um, and the idea that that um, he appreciates the fact that Facebook has come out and basically said hey we need to be regulated that wasn't one of Scott's Galloway's recommendations of what Facebook should do but it's the same vein of it is hard for Facebook to be the one they are in a very tough position because people want them to be able to kind of regulate the content of their sites, right? Because this is all mixed in with, with Russian involvement in the American election. And, you know, how do you, uh, you know, how do you regulate that? Is If Facebook does it, there's the problem that if they, if they go too tight of a filter, um, then they'll get in trouble for that. If they get too loose of a filter, they'll get in trouble for that. Facebook wants to put it on somebody else. They're basically saying, hey, government, regulate us so that we don't have to, we're not the ones to blame. We can blame you, <laughs> which is smart. And it also puts them in a better competitive position because if they self-regulate, then they have the issue that other platforms will then say, oh, we'll be the unregulated place that anybody can go to. And that's a threat to Facebook. Um, so, right. but if there's... Like but Twitter. if it, yeah, exactly. But if it levels the playing field, then Facebook has no problem playing. Which on. what is wrong with Twitter? I feel like they should be blowing up these last couple of years, and they just cannot seem to figure it out. I just don't, I don't get it. Like Lyft, they seem to be growing huge year over year. It's doing great. They're able to take advantage of all the woes of Uber, and just Twitter cannot. I don't, I don't get it. I like Twitter more than Facebook. I visit Twitter once or twice a day, and. I just don't, I don't, I don't understand why something about it. It's crazy. Yeah. I think it's because they don't want to just, I think they want to be different than Facebook. Oh, know? I know, but they and, should still be like, they've got the, the president of the United States actively using it and creating emotions of all sorts, which is usually good for user interaction and use. And I mean, yeah. that was one of, that was Facebook's thing. And, and they got Facebook having all sorts of, issues at the moment and it i don't is, know they just can't take advantage of it it is pretty amazing that twitter is not making money <laughs> or at least not growing leaps yeah. and bounds yeah yeah it's i don't know it's one of the things that was very interesting to me when we were doing the the um, by the way jamesferlow.com no what is it james at james furlow on the twitter yeah you can you can follow me so um we used to give that as part of our intro i remember that that's true i'd have a new one nowadays what's um, your new one matthewfurlow.com slash kilo mile kilo mile yeah k-i-l-o matthewfurlow.com slash k-i-l-o-m-i-l-e yeah kilo mile whoa what's that yeah, 200 so 2008 kilo mile you've run 257 miles this year yeah this week you run 26 miles i'm guessing that goes through sunday yeah yeah so it's it's sunday or sunday to, yeah 
Okay. You're, you do 21 miles on average per week. And so you are 26.9 miles ahead of your goal and you're 41.4% of a megameter. What's a megameter? So there's a thousand bytes in a kilobyte. There's a thousand kilobytes in a megabyte. So a megameter is a thousand kilometers. Okay. So I'm trying to run a chart here. Yeah. Wow, look at you getting all fancy dancy. I know. Turns out it's super easy. You just like... It's a couple of different, like, it's, it's just JavaScript. And <laughs> who are you, who are you pulling the data from? Uh, that's the be- that's actually the best part. So it's a, there's a Heroku app that is connected to my, uh, to my Raspberry Pi, okay. actually locally, that stores, that has a simple database on it. It's like, so basically. How do you I, populate the database? Do you have to uh, manually do it? No, I, well, there's a, there's endpoints. It's, it's the key. Uh, there's a, there's an endpoint for writing to the database that sends information to the, to Heroku. Heroku then sends it to my Raspberry Pi where it's saved okay. then sends information back. It's complicated, but there's a reason for it. That's because that's the ins- essential infrastructure for building an, a internet of things device. That you can control with like, uh, um, with uh, like a Google home. I've been so doing I feel, re- I still feel like you haven't answered my fundamental question, which what? is like, is this getting it from your apples? Like where's the, Oh, Oh no, no, no. I built a, I built a, I built an iPhone app where I type in how many miles I wrote and then I okay. hit a button and then it sends the information. Okay. This is, there's, there's, all right. I'm nervous about saying this. You have too much time on your hands. <laughs> I don't have too much time on this. It, it sounds, okay, I, I realize that this, it sounds super complicated, but it's a bunch of skills that I have that are all sort of like, that I realized, I did a little research. I was reading like an Instructable on how to build an internet of home device. You need a share button, by the way, on your website. Just thought I'd point I, that out for you. You're absolutely right. Um, and then I, and I, I was doing a little bit of research about it and I was reading like all this different steps to do it. And I was like, I can do all of this. I know how to do all of this. And so I decided just to do it one day and it took me a couple hours to get it done. But the hardest part was that upper on the website, that upper like thing with all the different, that's a bunch of div tables and stuff and making that look right was really hard for me. <laughs> Cause I have like very little CSS t- skill. Um, everything else were, everything else is just little like JavaScript, pa- you know, packages that I downloaded. Um, yeah, it's about, a, it's, 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 it's complicated, but like I said, it happens to be a bunch of skills that I have. Um, so <laughs> anyways, that's cool. That's what I'd be sharing. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> this episode brought to you by, um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. So anyway, Scott, Scott Galloway. So the, well, I think one of the things that they should do is they have to figure out how to get a third party, um, whether that's some sort of a democratic system I think there needs to be a third this party. Is, we totally talked about this. Like back during the election, the whole fake news thing. We were like, I mean, I personally thought that what they should do, they should create their own third party that they, they run should. and manage. But then that third party can be used or subscribed to by other companies as well. And that's kind of like their gift to the world. Call it Facebook.org or something like that, or Realnews.org. They've they've got to do that. They've got to get that part of that piece of it under the under the hand. Something that that's they're not in charge of, but they are they are obliged to. 
Um, yeah, and, and I'm even okay if they fund it, they employ it, they house it. It's yeah, it's and everybody, fine. Everybody will kind of give it the stink eye if they do that. But if it's actually you know auditable as a third party thing, yeah, and there's some sort of a democratic voice involved in it, I think that I think that there's a way to structure something like that where you could definitely get you know you basically you put it into a trust and you say Facebook funds the trust, but we don't we're not in charge of this and they're not obliged to us. Um, and, and if you do some sort of a, man, I feel, I feel like there's, there's so many solutions to this. Yeah. But, but, and I, but I completely agree. I think Facebook doing it internally is just fraught with too many problems. They have to, they have to put the, they have to push this onto somebody else. They have to be impartial because anything that Facebook does is going to be judged as though it's not impartial, including having an algorithm do it. You know, they tried that and it just didn't, you know, yeah. it, it, it runs into the same problem. Well, they need sort of a hybrid thing. I'm thinking like kind of like what Apple does with their app store where it's like we've got some automated tools and checks, but at the end of the day, it all runs through a real human being. It's yeah. kind of like if it's if the if the URL is newyorktimes.com, we give that one the benefit of the doubt. And there's a there's a whitelist and perhaps a growing whitelist of those where as new articles get submitted, they go, is it one of these whitelisted ones? All right, cool. We'll let her on through. And, and there's ones that aren't, that's what you're doing is you're, for that article, maybe the very first time you're, you're just, you're thumbs up and thumbs down in that article. And yeah, maybe it takes a little bit longer the first time it's submitted. But then if you go, yeah, this is a reputable source in general, boom, whitelist it and you're good to go. And then you've got opportunities for people individuals to flag it and it sends it back to them to go, well, let's double check this and you get a second pair of eyes on it. And maybe that's part of the process too. You don't have one person looking at it. You've got two or three. And as if you got, well, maybe you start off with two and if two agree, you go, cool. If not, then you bring in a third person and you talk about it. And, and I feel like, like Apple's decently fast about checking apps. And I feel like you get that same way with articles. Yeah. And, and if they could, if they could somehow figure out how to get those people outside of Facebook, um, not directly employed by Facebook, I think that would be huge. I don't know exactly what that means. Again, I think it's that idea like you're talking about where Facebook gives a million dollars a month or whatever the right number is yeah. to this organization who then takes care of it and Facebook just feeds into it. And eventually, if say, they make it a point to say Twitter should employ our services as well, which simply it's an API that gives a check. Yes, it's good or bad. Right. You know, and like that's that's it. It's a simple flag. And, yeah. and they say, Twitter, we want you to pay into it and you're going to pay us a, a penny per link. Right. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like when you talk about, you know, uh, um, rating of uh, debt risk, right? What, Moody's? Is that the name of the company? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe you awesome. give a percentage, right? We're not going to tell you yes or no. We're going to give you, uh, here's our confidence level of it. Yeah, this this news source is a AAA news source. And then it would be a huge deal if you got upgraded or downgraded. Like, we you know, we, we keep talking about those sorts of solutions to this sort of a problem. Um, and and it, it's, it's, it's tough. But if Facebook were to actually make a big financial commitment, and, and, and really and truly, I think what the best thing for them to do would to be to make a legal, financial, long-term commitment. We are putting this chunk of money aside in a trust that we do not have control over for this purpose, um, and and you know, and make it a Moonies-esque sort of yeah you know, 
bond rating type thing where, yeah, you know, like you said, New York Times, Washington Post, they get AAA status. Um, and, and, and maybe you have everyone apply and you charge everybody five bucks and, and that's, and that's what you do. And yeah. your, your $5 application fee is to get rated. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's it. And, and so if it doesn't have a rating, that should tell you something as well. And that's an incentive yeah. for, I mean, even little guys like us, you go, yeah, sure. What the heck? It makes yeah. us feel like we're official. I'll pay five bucks to get rated. Why not? Yeah. And, and then you, and then, and then each individual company can decide what they want to do with that. Right. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I'm I, my, my particular political leanings. I'm not a huge fan of the idea that the government being in charge of this, um, and it's just because of speed reasons, it move, things move too fast. But I do think that a third party would be would be very valuable for in this sort of thing. Just sort of and it's got to be one of those where when you first get started, yeah, okay, it's overwhelming to hit everybody, and it's going to be slow at first. But after a while, like all you're doing is vetting the new ones, and it can't be that crazy. Yeah, hey, James, maybe it is. A new startup idea. There's probably a hundred thousand <laughs> different companies that do this already, right? And yeah. I don't know. So one of the other things that was really interesting, so uh, that um, that I I like because you know, hey man, he started this podcast. We'll end this podcast. But Steve Jobs warned um, Mark. Early yeah. On, not specifically to, but to his face. Um, it was it was probably in all things D. I feel like he was talking to Walmart, Walt Mossberg again, um, and but talking about. Uh, privacy and Steve Jobs made the comment. Mark Zuckerberg was literally in the audience when Steve said this, but he basically laid out the idea that um, privacy should be protected and people should understand what privacy they're giving up when they when they sign up for something for a service, or whatever. It should be plain in plain English, and they should understand their um, what their expectations are. It shouldn't be behind a giant mm. terms of service monolith of text um and then he he made the comment that if you respect people's privacy and you explain what you're going to do with it and why people will give you a tremendous amount of their information still um and that you need to trust that people will and it's funny because in my experience man that's true <laughs> i it's one of the interesting parts about this whole dilemma is that as upset as everybody is nothing's gonna like very, very few people are going to delete Facebook. And Facebook, this is the right time to buy. If you want to buy Facebook, man, do it right now because the stock is down and it's yeah. going to come back. Oh, There's, dude, Robinhood. We haven't talked about them in a while. Use Robinhood. Right. It's a free app. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because this is it, this is just a classic example of, um, you know, Equifax stock prices up. Should have bought them when they were going through the whole thing because – like we predicted, nothing was going to happen and their stock came back. Same with Facebook. But that's because people don't care that much. They don't care about their security. They don't care about their privacy that much. Look at this. There's a chart for Facebook. What? So Down and to the right. right. Um, oh, man. How much is it? It's only $160 a share. Get into Dang. it, man. Dang. I should get into it. Twitter's down as well. You stinking Twitter. But... Yeah, I mean, it's just 38% return. I I bet within six months, Facebook is uh, back to where they should have been prior to. Dude, you're so right. 
and, so, and right. I just, so I have another earnings report. It turns out we made a ton of money. All right, stock back up. Yeah. Man, if I had an extra $160 sitting around, I know what I'd buy. Exactly. Turn and, it into 150 and uh, what do I turn into? $180. Yeah. I told, I told <laughs> Diana. Take my wife out to dinner. Do, 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 do. I told Diana that. And I Actually, was, that wouldn't pay for babysitting. So <laughs> uh, I, I made, I made that exact statement to Diana that, you know, right now is the time to buy Facebook. She's like, how much should I buy? Like, Diana. That's the sort of thing I say, not the sort of thing I do. <laughs> um, it's like, how much money do you have? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's put 40 grand into this. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get crazy. Um, yeah. You know, and there's just, I don't know. I think the, uh, I did like this as well. Tumblr uh, at the very end of the week Tumblr. announced that they, they are trying to stay, remain relevant by. Yeah. They're still around. Are, who they're around by now. I, uh, is it the AOL or Verizon or something nobody, about Yahoo? Nobody <sighs> cares. Um, nobody cares. They were trying, so cool I for like trying. six months. Exactly. <laughs> and then they, they were, sold right at the top. See, that's what we're doing. They were cool and then they sold out and it was just kind of like, oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they, uh, they are trying to stay re uh, relevant by revealing that they have fake Russian accounts too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um and they're like guys us too we have problems yeah exactly nice. and that's exactly what it feels like just totally like oh my god there's russians here put us in the news remind everybody we exist nobody cares about you tumblr you didn't get anybody elected ever oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, teenagers stopped using you a while ago i know yeah it's i think it's, i still have a tumblr account i think i deleted the tumblr app so i can't I, yeah it's, one of the things that is interesting to me is that there's this argument about how, you know, a lot of this stuff is just about what's popular. It's just where people are. And you look at Tumblr as a perfect example of that, where these things can just fall out from underneath them so quickly because if people stop thinking you're cool, they'll stop using your service. And that's what Facebook's hmm. in danger of. I've been saying it for years and I come back. I still think it's true. I don't think Facebook, I think they're too big to fail in some way at this point. Like, you know, even if you wanted to delete Facebook, it's hard. It's hard to stick hard. A lot of people who deleted their Facebook app and tried to delete their account still flip through Instagram and use WhatsApp. Like it's just you can't you can't get them out of your hair. They're they're amazing in their ability to, you know, get deep into people's where people are because they just got a good sense of habits and what people like to do and they buy those companies and they are one themselves and yeah. Yeah. It's, I, you know, so I don't know. I don't think it's, I, I, it's one of those where I just naturally don't use them very often anymore. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Whatever. And it's I'm, not because it's not for any moral reasons because they're just not that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> get a better yeah. news feed guys and I'll, you'll, you'll get me like a crack addict. Don't worry. Um, but <sighs> paper, that was their pinnacle. Yeah. That app was awesome. I did. I used paper all the time and it's gone now. Uh, sad. So I got a couple more things. Um, okay. We could do it. We could do it quick. Why not? So last episode. Exactly. So Google bought Lytro this week. Um, Who's Lytro? Lytro is the, the field, um, the field lens camera 
company. They were this like cool company where it was this cool camera where you take a picture of something and then you could adjust the field of view, the focus. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. After the fact. Yeah, I yeah, remember and, them. And they sold these like expensive cameras that had this one yep. trick. That was really cool. Nobody cared because it yep. turns out that camera people want, like people who are taking, people who would have cared about something like this were buying cameras where they wanted to control the focus on their own and people who could have used something like that to be able to do it in post. We're going to pay like, that much yeah. money. But turns out that this stuff is super great for filming 3D um, footage. Oh, that's like, yeah, that's, it's, it just, it, it, but actually that's what Lytro has been moving into is building much bigger professional scale 3D cameras. They've actually done some really, really neat um, VR hmm. style experiences. One, there's a, I haven't been able to do it in VR, but I've seen the 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 the, the demo for the uh, promo for it. But essentially, what it was is they took a they they got a bunch of people and acquired together and had a this huge choir performance in a church in like one of your classic your old cathedrals. So you get all the tones, the music, and everything, and they got really great recording information. So you got the 3D sound going on. They recorded the performance with a Lytro camera, and then they took a, they got a VR or a, a 360 camera to record the rest of the church. And they stitched all that together so that you get this thing where you can see a live performance of this, um, of this music, and you can walk around in a big area inside huh. of the church so you can actually like change views and stuff so you're not a fixed focus which is one of that's like the dream is being able to do that um, that's cool with with 3d information i guess it's really 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 compelling um and so google's pretty hmm. excited about it and as they're trying to them. break into vr they decided to buy this camera company i like it getting into hardware excellent um, and then uh which by the way since we're not going to do our prediction show at the end of the year i at least got one prediction right so was? that's good which was that Nest was going to be part of Google. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I still feel compelled to, to let everybody know that. Honestly, we got a bunch of our predictions, right? I can't already. Um, yeah, you think so? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up because I, yeah. I, I think I wrote them all down. So then the other two things that, we, uh, um, that, we, uh, that I wanted to bring up really quick was number one, NBA is going to be, as, as they continue to spearhead the tech revolution in sports, they're going to be offering 99 cent fourth quarter streams <clears throat> or they're testing wow. that out at least, which I think is a great idea. Cause generally speaking, man, you hear about a game that's blowing up at the last minute on Twitter, you jump over, you want to watch the last, you know, couple of minutes for 99 cents. I could be suckered into that at a, on a regular basis. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I think that's really smart. And I'm, I just, I love what the NBA is doing, pushing forward tech in the, uh, in their, their league. Um, but the other, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, and this is, this is solidly moving out of the tech category, but it's a uh, black Panther has become the highest grossing comic move, book movie of all time in America for now, as long as you don't adjust for inflation, but it beat Marvel's the Avengers. Wow. Finally. Yeah. And justice league too. Um, it it actually be Justice League in like the first four days, but that's besides the point. 
I just, that's astounding to me. That's so big. Um, and I, uh, so it turned out, or, or like I was talking to my fiance about, um, we're getting ready to go see the new Avengers movie when it comes out. And I think I mentioned to you this, this to you offline, but she had not seen the original Avengers movie. Turns out she revealed to me this week. Um, I actually, I had to clarify with her after that conversation. It's like, okay, just for the record, you've seen all the Back to the Future movies, right? And the Jurassic Park movies and Star Wars. <laughs> Are there any other ones that I should know about that you haven't seen? <laughs> um, but we actually, we watched Marvel, the, uh, Marvel's The Avengers uh, last night and her review was pretty good. She liked it. <laughs> That's good. That's always a good sign. So, uh, yeah. So, what are, are we doing? Our are we doing our post diction show right now? How good do we do? No, we. Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. Uh, it's all right. It's okay. Well, um, any last thoughts? Any final thoughts for the final show? Um. You didn't know I was going to ask you that, but that's cool. I did. I didn't. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's been fun, man. It's been interesting. I uh, it'll be it'll be weird having my Sunday night back. Sunday's Sunday night back after all of these years. Um, well, I'll still probably call you regularly to talk about Major Dome. I stuff. know, but it'll be different. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Bob. Yeah, man. What about you? Well, I personally, um, it's a good show. I enjoyed doing it. I, I will probably miss it regularly. And, um, I think my, my favorite part, like, and I think a lot of people's favorite part were the, the predictions and then watching them come true. That was definitely, it was definitely fun. And, uh, those are my, probably those two episodes at, at the beginning and end of the year, probably my favorite ones. I, I wish that we could have done more on-site stuff, like traveling to um, CES. Consumer Electronic Expo and stuff. That would have been pretty sweet, but eh, that's all right. We may have an excuse to do it through Major Dumbo. We'll have to figure out how to justify that. Um, I don't know how, but um, we'll work on it. And uh, yeah, man, it's been good. I'll talk to you on Tuesday, so it's not like I'm never going to talk to you again. But... <laughs> Um, I agree. It's been, it's been real. So for the final time, I want to thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it. You'll be able to check out all the links to this show on furloughbros.com slash three, three, two. That's 332. You don't really need to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google play at this point. It's, it's all good. And, uh, but we do want to say thank you. First and foremost, we want to say Thank you to the people who provided articles for us this week. That would be, uh, one of them was The Hustle that was talking about Kalakinik. Also, Scott Galloway from Winners and Losers and Ajit Romano from Vox. Mike Murphy, Sean Gallagher, Roman Dillett, John Fingress. And then finally, Rob Lefebvre for all the Facebook stuff. And then finally, we want to thank Ingrid London, Brian Heater, and Morella Moon for their article contributions as well. So thanks, guys, for writing good stuff. Don't stop just because we're not going to be reading them all the time anymore. Keep going. 
And then finally, we want to say that this podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. And we actually have four sponsors. And so we want to say thank you to all four of them. The first one is Dave Villani. Thank you for your excellent patronage. For Diana Getty, Janetti, Janetti. Getty is something else. Diana, um, who's soon to be Diana, uh, maybe furlough. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that. She's the person you're marrying. So that's cool. Our mom, of course, you always have to get sponsored by your mom. And so mom, we appreciate it. And then Stefan Maslicki, uh, a guy from our childhood church. Thanks, Stefan, for believing in us. And so this podcast is also sponsored by Majordomo, like we talked about. We talked a lot about it. Dot com, Majordomo.com. Go check out Majordomo.com. That's, that's where we're spending all of our time. And so on that note, finally, I am James Furlow, and my co-host, brother, friend, pal is Matthew Furlow. And thank you for listening. Wow, that sounded really like official. Thanks for listening. That that was better.